Lord, in realizing and understanding, Lord God, who you are. And our hearts filled with gratitude and gratefulness, Lord God, we just say, holy is your name, O Lord. That while we were yet sinners, Lord God, that you sent forth your son mm, mm, mm. to be that appropriation for our sins, Lord God, to pay the penalty, the penalty that deserved death by each and every one of us, Lord God. You sent forth your son to pay that penalty. And for that, Lord God, for every one of us that have received him as Lord and Savior of our lives, Lord God, we say thank you, Lord. And now, Lord God, as you, your presence is filled this place, Lord God. Speak to our hearts, Lord God, by your word. Encourage us, Lord God, that we may draw near unto you. That we may walk closer unto thee. That we may have a closer walk with thee, Lord. So I pray that every one of us, Lord God, in this hour, that our hearts are still, that our hearts are open to receive. Pour out your word upon us, Lord God, by your spirit, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray on this day. And let the saints of God say amen. Amen and amen. Glory be to God. We're just going to dive right into the word. If you will, turn your Bibles to Haggai chapter 1. Haggai chapter 1 is in the Old Testament. It's towards the end of the Old Testament. It's after the book of Zephaniah. It's only two chapters in there, so if you go to, if you spend too many pages too fast, you'll pass it. It's between Zephaniah and Zacharias. Glory be to God. So as it's going to take maybe some of us a moment to get there, and that's okay. Let me encourage you or start by saying this as we look to get to Haggai chapter 1. The title of the message on today is when is the right time? When is the right time? And as we turn our Bibles to Haggai, what we are going to allow the Spirit of God to speak to our hearts today is that Haggai was a prophet of the Lord and God used him at a particular period of time to speak to a particular uh, group of people. And the group of people that God used him to speak to in this particular time was the southern kingdom 
of the Lord. So you know that you have the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. The southern kingdom was made up of two tribes, and I believe them tribes was the tribe of Judah and Benjamin, if I call, recall correctly. And, and God used Haggai to, to, to speak a prophecy or to compel the people at a particular time uh, that he had already, that matter of fact, that the book of Ezra uh, lays out so beautifully and, and, and speaks to uh, us about, see, the, the, what was happening here is that the tribe or the southern kingdom had been in exile, as many of us know. Uh, they had been in captivity, excuse me, uh, in Babylon for some time for the Bible says that they were in captivity in Babylon for about 70 years. And there were in at the end of the 70 years or at the time of their exile, God had uh, orchestrated some things because they being in, in captivity under Babylon, then what ended up happening is, is the kingdom of Persia uh, overtook Babylon and the Persian king at that time was a king called Cyrus and God had moved upon the heart of Cyrus that when they had took over Babylon to let the people of the, his people the the southern kingdom to release them and allow them to go back to Jerusalem uh, and he in uh, the purpose that God did this for was uh, it was particular that God had a task for them, and when King uh, Cyrus re released them, it was for them to go back and to build the temple. Glory be to God. Because when uh, earlier on, in their, when they got captured and through the war and the fighting and everything, that the temple was destroyed. And that was the temple that many of us remember that Solomon had built. Glory be to God. And so here what we find uh, when it comes to the point that we're looking at now is that, yes, the people have been released, glory be to God, after 70 years of captivity. And what has happened is now they are back in Jerusalem and they were excited uh, in their return to Jerusalem, obviously for at least two reasons. One, they was excited to be free. Come on, somebody. And then on top of that, they were excited that they had got the charge and that they were going back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple of God. Come on, somebody. They were excited. But in their excitement, what we're going to find as we examine the text is that they, in their excitement, they get back to Jerusalem. I'm just giving you the story here, just a little background on it. They get back to Jerusalem, and in their excitement, they begin uh, to work and they laid the foundation uh, for the temple, and they even built the altar. And then something happened. And what actually happened then is that the work stopped. The work stopped. They laid the foundation, and only the foundation was laid, and they built the altar, in 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 in, the, uh, in Ezra, it's about the fact that uh, when they built this altar, they were so excited that uh, you know they began to praise God and 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 of the people that 
Ezra speaks of in Ezra chapter 2, verse 64, it tells us that 42,300 and some odd people uh, went back. And of them, 42,300 and some odd people, some of them were old, around ages probably 70 or 80 years old, and they were kids when they, when, uh, probably over 80 years old because they were kids when the temple was destroyed and some of them remembered the temple. Many of them had not ever seen the temple, but there was a few that still had uh, uh, recollection because as children they had experienced the temple and they knew the, uh, the Bible tells us that Solomon in building the temple, he built it with such, uh, with such beauty. Come on somebody in there and, 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 and with expensive, you know, uh, walls and, and ornaments and, and it was a beautiful thing. And some of these people that re had the opportunity to return, they had seen the original temple. And, and many of them then when here we are now at the return and they, they just built the altar and they done laid the foundation and the Bible describes to us that they began to praise God. The young ones was praising God because they were uh, back in Jerusalem. And, uh, and they were praising them with shouts. And then, uh, but mixed with them shouts were some uh, cr uh, many cries. And these cries and moanings were coming from the original ones that had experienced and had worshipped in the temple before. Because now in them moans, what the Bible uh, describes to us is that the, the, the mixture of the, the, the jubilant praise to God and then the cries and the moan unto God, the cries and the moan was coming from a place that the, temp, that the temple was so different that they had experienced and had seen the, the beauty and now what they experienced and what they're seeing in the rebuilding of this temple it didn't even compare to what it was. The title of the message is When is the Right Time? And you'll get to understanding that as we look. Let's look at verse 1 of Haggai, chapter 1. And it says this, in the second year of King Darius, the king of the southern kingdom, in the sixth month and on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came to Haggai, the prophet. And the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet, to Zebrabel, the son of Shetel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadad, and the high priest saying, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying the people says. This is the Lord prophesying or, or, or speaking to uh, Haggai, and he says the people says, time not come. The time that the Lord's house should be built. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet saying, it is, oh, excuse me, is it time for yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and in temples, excuse me, and this temple to lie in ruins? I'm going to read that again. 
So what we see here is that the Lord is, is, is speaking to Haggai and he's telling the people what they're saying. And they are uh, making up excuses now because the work has stopped and it's been a, a while now, quite a while that the work, uh, and God was very patient with these people. So a long period of time had went by and here comes, and the word of the Lord came to the people by Haggai and he, and, and, and he begins to speak to them what they have been saying. And what they've been saying is that the time has not come. The time has not yet come. The time that the Lord house shall be built, but while God had already released them and gave them clear instructions to go back to Jerusalem. And he's made a way for them to, to navigate themselves back. And, he, and he's, uh, he's made every plan and every provision for them to go back and build the house of God, the temple. But yet when they get back and after the, the initial excitement wears off, they do manage to get the foundation laid and build a, 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 a small altar there apparently. Uh, but then something happens. Something happens and, 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 and now the work stops. And the excuses that they are using with one another and to one another is that it's not yet time. The time is just not, ultimately they go from uh, it's not time to the time is just not right. It ain't the right time. It ain't the right time. And ultimately what we're going to end up seeing is that ultimately their, their mindset goes from it's not the right time then to we don't have time. See, and the word of the Lord wants to speak to us on today because my friends, just as the southern kingdom in the children of God here that he had gave a charge to to rebuild his house or to rebuild the temple. There's things in our lives that God has given us charge and command to do. And just like the people here, if we are not careful, my friend, We'll land at a state. We'll be excited at the start. And some of us, we may even start the task that God has placed before us. But something happens. And, and then we begin to delay the process. And in delaying the process, we somehow convince ourselves or are convinced that the time just ain't right. It just ain't the right time. When God had already said, this is the time. When God gives the instructions, we know that it's time. Look at verse three. Again, it says, then the word of the Lord came. See, while it wasn't, uh, they had come to the conclusion or convinced themselves that it wasn't even after the instructions of God that it was the uh, time 
that, but they, they convinced themselves that the time was just not right. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet, saying to them, is it time for yourself to dwell in your panels, paneled houses and this temple to still lie in ruins? Now, therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Consider your ways. Do, is, is everybody hearing uh, what's happening here? In verse 6, finally, he says, and you have sown much and bring in little. See, we're going to see what happens when God gives the instructions and we change the time what easily can happen. So, uh, and when we turn our attention away from what God is asking us and we turn it on to what we want. And it's easily to be done, my friend. And God has to challenge us in considering our ways. See, what begins to happen then, and we'll go back through this, is that you, just as he says to them, you have sown much and brought, bring in little. You have sown much, but bring in little. You eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you do not, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourself, but you, no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put them in a bag with holes. My God. See here, this is a serious thing because there's four major messages from God in the book of Haggai to the people. And in the first, the Lord uses the prophet to confront the excuses of his people and to warn them to of the consequences, I say that. Yeah, to warn them of the consequences of their failure to rebuild the temple. Whenever people make excuses, there's almost always some root issue that they should examine. And that root issue that we ought to examine, God told them in verse 5, that you, ought to, you need to consider your ways. Understand this, the paneled houses that they were so focused on building was their houses. See, God had made provision for the wood uh, for them to rebuild the temple. It had to come from the mountains and God had made provisions for them to, uh, to, for, the, uh, for all that they needed even though it was a tough task, and, and, and so it took God's provision. And he had made provisions for the wood to, to, to be delivered out of the mountains, but instead of them building the temple, they began to build their houses that they dwelled in. In other words, the people uh, you know, concentrated on their, completing their own homes. You know, with finishing touches of, of, of beautiful and nice things. However, the temple remained in ruin. 
a sign that the people's priority was in, uh, was in the wrong place. And the thing about it is when we delay in obeying or procrastinate in obedience, what we have to understand is that procrastination or delay in obeying God is the same thing as disobedience, my friend. And see, what the people didn't understand that, yo, them procrastinating to do what God wanted them to do, yo, they didn't think of it as disobedience, but that's exactly what it is. And that is exactly what we need to understand today, my friend, that when we procrastinate to do what God is compelling us to do, then it's disobedience. It's pure disobedience. When our priorities change, then our values change. And see, and what happened with the, the people of God here is as they allowed the enemy, the distraction to come before them. Because that's what it was. See, when I say something happened, what happened was distraction set in. The first problem that they had was disinterest. The people had returned from exile for the, start, uh, for the purpose of starting to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem and had made a start uh, on their assigned task, but opposition had appeared and the work had stopped. The people had be, uh, become more concerned with building beautiful houses for themselves perhaps in an attempt to blot out the memory of the exile or, some, or, or, or something. But the fact of the matter, it happened. The distraction came and it made them disinterested in doing what God said and made them more interested in doing what they wanted. Does it sound familiar, my friends? See, that we hear God wants to warn us, my friend, that, that, that we have to be very careful to not delay in what God is telling us to do because there is an enemy that will come and he will bring forth a distraction that will cause you to be disinterested in what God is saying and more interested in what you want. And the sad part about it is that we don't come to that realization. We don't wake up to the truth until we are always already on the other side. And God is wanting to speak to somebody today, which probably is everybody today, because there is tasks that he is putting forth and has put forth in your life, and you already know it. And it's been some time, some time meaning a long time. See, for uh, it had to be probably about 16 years, that it, it seems, that it went by it, it, through this process of them starting to build the foundation and then the work stopping. Until God sends the, the, the prophet uh, sometime later, which seems to, which is a long time. And for many of us, we don't have that much time. We can't afford the procrastination. You can't afford the delay any longer. 
See, Haggai, when he issued, God used him to issue a clear call to his, to his own people and to, and, and to us as well for us to be able to see this, that we should set ourselves to the task assigned by God, that we shouldn't allow difficulties or enemies or self pursuit, uh, selfish pursuit to turn us aside from our divine given responsibility. Somebody know what I'm talking about. And when our priorities change, our values change, my friends. And for, for many of us, you know, uh, there, there's many different ways that this can happen. And for most of us or most people in modern day times, the, the, the first or, or the highest risk of, of our priorities changing that, that leads to value changes is when it comes to our money. See, when God is, is compelling you to do something, a certain thing, and when it has something to do with money, then that's the, we easily distract it. See, Satan can easily come by and, and he'll throw up, you know, a, a, a sign. Come on, somebody. He'll, he'll, he'll throw out a whisper in our ears. It's so easily entwined to hear, you know, what pleases the flesh because what he's going to throw out is going to please the flesh and challenge the spirit. And see, God knows who he's talking to today, my friend, because in this place right now, I just see it in the spirit. God is saying that, that, is, that many of, not many, he says all, that every one of us, that he is challenging, he's called us and given us a particular task that he wants done in and through your life. And he says that it's been 16 years for some. And if it's only been one year, it's the same. It's like it's as though it's been 16 years, my friend. And God is saying that it's time for you to get back on track and that you do not continue to walk in the delay. There's a real danger in procrastinating or delaying that which God has instructed. See, obviously, the obvious danger is our disobedience or our lack of obedience unto God. And see, we, I think all of us know that, see, obedience to God brings forth blessing. And see, that's the first danger is that it shortstops or uh, you know, while we are we delay or or or, or procrastinate or or or, or disobey or which is disobeying in there, then it, it, it cuts off our blessings. And one of if we wonder why is our blessings not coming through? And I think when I'm all of us can know if you don't know then the word bear witness that obedience brings forth the blessing of God. That's just a, a foundation, and I ain't talking about in such a way that, uh, that we can try to take that and use it to the extreme. But the truth of the matter of who God is, he blesses obedience, my friends, in there. So the first danger is, 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 is in, in delaying is that we shortstop our own blessings. When we get tied up in, uh, to do and pursue 
uh, self-will as opposed to God's. But see, the second one is, 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 uh, is a problem that we don't always recognize. While we are uh, uh, disobeying God, then uh, do you realize that disobedience to God is the devil's playground? See, it's the, it's the area where he works and works the best at. Hear what thus saith the Lord, my friends. See, it's the playground where now, and this is what happens where the disinterest then turns into distraction then turns into discouragement because now here is where the enemy is working in your mindset. This is where he is pumping you up and, and, and delivering information to see in obedience, he can't, he, he, there ain't no dwelling place for him. But when there is a delay from, you know, anytime that there's a delay from the, the command of God and obedience don't come forth, and if there's a time period, that's still, uh, that delay is disobedience, and that is where he works at. I would venture to say to you, my friends, on today, that many of us need to understand that Satan, he, he, he don't even come to us. I'm talking about it, especially as believers. Uh, he, there, there's not much that he comes to us and tries to tell us or get us to do uh, wrong or, or, or not do right. He don't even have to go there. What he does, he don't even have to tell us not to do right. All he does is play with, uh, with our disobedience or our delay and, 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 and distract us and, and, and discourage us. See, he don't, cause see, if he comes to you and, and, and just begin to tell you to do what against what God says, he knows that that's my, my, most likely, even in your delay, you ain't going to just blatantly do against what God says. But boy, if he can discourage you while you ain't doing what God says. If he can keep you distracted while you are out there in limbo, my friend. Is where his best work is being done. And see, the, with, for the children here or the people of God, what they end up ultimately seeing is, is, is this very thing. God had to remind them of even how things have been. So when we see in verse 6, and that's what he sees, he had to remind them in verse 6, you sow and bring in little. You eat, but do not have enough. The people were apparently using their poverty and their food shortage and, uh, and inflation as an excuse not to finish the tempo. But in actuality, they are judgments or failure for failure to, to build the building. They were the manifestation of their actions. Yo, it is funny how that works. Uh, they begin to use the, the, the poverty or the shortage. Is of, of, see, because they sold, but, but there was little, uh, there was harvest. They sold, but little bit was harvest. And, 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 and they began to use this as an excuse. 
That's the funny part. Is they began to use as an excuse to do what God says when the, the reason why they were short is because they delayed in doing what God said. And the thing about it, it took the prophet to come before he even began to get a glimpse of what is true. And it's the same thing that the enemy works against us today, my friend. See, many of us are at a state right now and we wondering why God ain't did this. When he didn't already gave the commandment a long time ago and you ain't did nothing that he said. Or you delaying it. And now you it's turned, somehow you, uh, he didn't worked it to where you he got you looking at it backwards, my friend. What God ain't done. And fell into, you know, so you could do what, what, what God wants you to do. See how twisted he can have us in a little while. So it takes us just as he told the people that now it's time for you to consider your ways. Consider your ways in Hebrew literally means set your heart on your ways. So now it's time for us to get off of our way and get on God's way. This is a serious uh, message, my friend. It ain't going to take us long to get through it. But God is really challenging us to renew our mindset. Because it's for far too long that there's many of people and many of us that we've had the wrong mindset about God and his will. <clears throat> and because of our delay in our in obedience, see, God ain't changed his mind with the things because you delayed for 25 years to do what God told you to do. He's not changed his mind. But because you didn't forgot because it's been 25 years ago or you didn't wipe it uh, under the carpet or you didn't put it on the shelf or you didn't try to bury it somewhere to the point where to get it out of your face that you ain't thinking about it. God has not changed his mind. And then some of us wonder why am I sowing so much? Why am I working so hard but yet I can't get ahead? Consider your ways. It's time for us to consider our ways, my friends. It's a beautiful thing as God loves his people so much. That just like the, the price of the Israelite selfishness was their loss of God's blessing, it was time for the people to reflect on the consequences of what they had done and had failed to do. To re-examine their priorities is what time it was, which God meant by consider your ways. It was time then, too, for them to resume the construction of the temple, the place where God would dwell. Getting timber from the mountains was the first step. See, the thing about it is if we, the people of God, neglect God's priorities, their priorities, then our priorities will not be realized either. They ain't going to be realized either. When God comes first, his glory, the spread of uh, uh, fame and his reputation, my friend, when it becomes first uh, in our lives, then his people 
and in the and, and, and in our minds, then their efforts, our efforts, prosper. See, in other words, when we be about God's business, then He'll take care of all your business more and better than you can. But when we neglect God's business and take care of our business, then our business always comes up short. Comes up short. This is for real, my friend, and it's high time for us to begin to receive this in our hearts. Because many of us, again, I would venture to say all of us, we are at a crossroads in our life and we, and it's high time for us to make a choice. Are we going to do it God's way or are you going to do it your way? Are you going to be like the, the children of Haggai's day that, that focused on, on beautifying their homes and left the house of God in ruins? When as if we, if they had took care of the house of God and built it first, they would have, they didn't even have to worry. The, the little panel houses that they was putting so much attention to, it would have been uh, much bigger and better than what they was doing for themselves. It's, 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 it's time for us to be about God's business. You see, and, and to build the house of God and to build the house of God, I ain't talking about building a sanctuary, but we're talking about building the kingdom of God. So it, it's time for us to, to surrender our lives. And, and see, and many of us, we go through this every single day. We are challenged every single day to build the kingdom. We are challenged on every side. And God is really, if you're a part of true love, I know he's been challenging because he didn't gave us too much word. And so he, and he presents opportunities every single day for him to use you to build the kingdom. But for many of us, we are afraid. Fear comes in. And God knew that. That's why he gave us a, a remedy even for the fear. See, the obedience is a remedy for fear. And see, and God not only, uh, even with the children here, what he did is, is we go a little bit further, what, what you'll see is that he told them that I will be with you. Look at verse 7, it says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, he says. He says, you look for much, but indeed it came to little. <clears throat> and when you brought it home, <clears throat> I blew it away. <clears throat> he said, why? Why do you think I blew it away? It says, says the Lord of hosts, because of my house that is still in ruins, while every one of you runs to your own houses, therefore the heavens above you will withhold the dew, and the earth will withhold its fruit. For I call for a drought on the land and the mountains, on the grain and on the new wine and the oil, on whatever the ground brings forth, on man and livestock, in all the labor of your hands. And then in verse 12, he says, Then Zebarabel, the son of Shadel, 
and uh, Joshua, the, John, the son of Jehoshaphat, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord God and the word of God, excuse me, and the words of Haggai, the prophet, as the Lord their God has sent him, and the people feared the presence of the Lord. When Haggai, the, uh, then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, spoke the Lord's message to the people, saying, I am with you, saith the Lord. See, the presence of God and the promise of his presence, it, it, it will denounce, it will cast down, it will solve fear, my friend. We have to know the promise of the Lord. And he is saying, just like he spoke to them then, he's speaking to each and every one of us today, that I am with you. And he's spoken it by his son, that for every one of us that have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, the first thing he says, I'm going to come and we're going to come, Jesus said, and we're going to dwell in you. And we will be with you. So each one of us, as confessed believers, we have the presence of God by the Holy Spirit in us, with us. Therefore, this is why he says, I've given you my spirit, not the spirit of fear. We are not to fear because we have the spirit of God. And today God is knocking on the door of our hearts. It's time. See, for some of us, he's going to have to bring back to our members even what time it is. What I mean by that is that for some of us, he's going to have to bring back to our members that which he uh, told us to build, that command that he gave us. Because for some of us, it's been so long ago, and we have delayed the process for so long that Satan has come and distracted discouraged. The devil is a lie. You ain't gonna choke me out now, I'm not gonna. <coughs> and even caused us to be dissatisfied <coughs> with God. Which, how foolish, <coughs> how foolish does that even sound? that we could have dissatisfaction with God Almighty. Don't let fear stop you now. Take the antidote to fear. Receive it in your heart today because God is with you. And that when God with us, And he commands and he instructs, then it's not you. It's him anyway. It's just him using you. And for many of us, no, I didn't want to focus on this, but I have to say it because it's true. See, we wonder why 
Yo, we, we worked to earn wages. But what has happened is, is that we taking our wages and, and we putting it in a purse that got holes in it. We putting it in a wallet that has holes in it. So what is that picture? What is the, what is the word actually saying is that we working to earn wages and we know that we, we really earning enough, but it, why is it never enough? Because it's like it's going, it's coming in and it's going out we don't, and we can't even figure it out. You're not going to figure it out. Why? Because what you have to do is turn to the Lord because it ain't no answer. Because it's the Lord that is blowing it. It ain't that you ain't bringing it in, man. You know. Because when you write it on paper, you know that this is supposed to be enough. And for many of us, we didn't put it on paper and we just stuck to the budget, but then it's still, you know, something is real funny about this. And I'm talking about that is unexplainable, my friend. Because I've wrote it down and I know, well, this, this, and this, and I, and I see what I brought in and it's more than enough. But where is it? Why am I late? Why am I not able to pay this? It doesn't make sense. But I got some good news for you, my friend. I'm going to share with you, and I ain't, uh, I ain't boasting on me, I'm boasting on God. Because on the opposite side of that, when we walk in obedience, just like uh, that is unexplainable where we know that we have enough or should have enough, but we can't, and we, don't, we find ourselves in situations that is unexplainable, on the opposite side of that, my friend, when we started to, when I started the business back in 2007, for five years in a row, it did not make sense on paper, my friend. But it was the opposite. Uh, we wasn't bringing in uh, what the what was going out, and it was on paper, my friend. And I cannot explain to you to this day it didn't add up. But what what was coming in was far less than what was going out. But every month, at the end of the month, we could, I could look at the bank account and it had more than enough. It had enough to, to give to somebody else or it had enough to bless somebody else. And it did not make sense, my friend. And to this day, I can't explain it to you. Not in theory. But in truth, I can tell you, my friend, just like the word of God says that we earn, but we end up, you know, putting it in a, a purse or a bag that has holes in it. We can earn and put it in a bag that, and, and what we put in the bag is not enough, but God can double it up. He can triple it up. He can bless it, my friend, to where it is more than enough. And I'm not standing here just telling you no anything. You can believe what I'm saying, my friend. And some of you know because you've seen it for yourself. I'm talking about has been an eyewitness. And, you, and some of you have heard this testimony before. It was not, I'm talking about supernatural. I'm talking about for one month. I'm talking about for five years at least. And going and counting. It's time, my friend, for us to be about the Father's business. And watch the supernatural that he can do in our lives. 
and he will. I ain't just talking about money. I'm talking about uh, health. I'm talking about relationship. I'm talking about uh, the, 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 the will of God. Don't get it twisted because I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about the wellness of your soul, my friend. See, and we understand them words in the natural because everybody understands wellness, you know. But do you understand wellness in the spirit? Glory be to God. I'm talking about where, where, where it's well with your soul. Hallelujah. So that which God commands, it, it may, you, it, with your natural eye, it, it, it could be impossible. But with your well spirit, it is well with your soul. We can, we can let's get busy. You know, you, you, we, you'll have that, and it ain't going to be one that, like the, the, the children here started out with, is one that is, is long-lasting, my friend. So it ain't going to be one that you started out fired up and then the work stops. No, it's one that will keep you going and going and going like the Energizer Bunny, my friend. You'll keep on going, my friend. It's time. Because God is charging us to this church. And building this church, it takes every one of us and it takes everything that God has said. So we, you know, it ain't nothing insignificant. No, you, he may not tell you to do the pastor's job, but you got to do your job. And it, and it ain't less important than the pastor's job because with your, with, if pastor do his job and you don't do yours, it's no good. If you do yours and the pastor don't do his, it's no good. It has to be all-inclusive, my friend. So what I'm talking about is in the kingdom of God, it takes every one of us doing what God is saying doing, to do whatever that is. How small or whatever you may think is insignificant, the smallest piece that goes in one of these uh, instruments, if you take that little small piece out, guess what? It ain't working, my friend. You might better take off a, a big piece. To, I could take the shell off of this thing, which is the biggest piece on this thing, and, and have a better chance of it working than me uh, taking off that little metal piece that keep that uh yo uh, that they soldered on there to to keep connected some some wires. See, so nothing is insignificant, but everything that God speaks to your heart is His will. It's his will, my friend. And today the question is, will you understand, accept the will of God that you may know when is the right time? See, the right time is when God says it. The right time is right now. The right time is in the day that you hear his voice that you don't harden your heart. That's today. Today you have heard the Spirit of the Lord. I ain't talking about you heard, Pastor John, but each and every one of you, as God has spoken this word, he's touched you somewhere in the depths of your heart. I don't, even if it was just a little peck, you heard him. You heard him. Now the question is, is will, will you obey? Will you trust in the Lord? That down, you know, that, that he can bring forth his blessings in your life. And the blessings ain't for, you know, don't, don't, don't trust in the Lord to, to, to take on selfish blessings, my friend. Trust in the Lord that he may be glorified, just like what he said. 
and believe me, then all your blessings will be full. We don't even have to worry about ours. If God get his, then you will, my friend. If daddy get his, then, uh, then you will, because he love you more than you could do for your own self. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let us look to the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, you are awesome and mighty God. Your truth endureth to all generations. And Lord, you love us with an everlasting love. So I pray right now that you, Lord God, will continue to speak, encourage your hearts today. Lord, that as each and every one, as you have delivered your message individually to each and every one of us, Lord God, I pray that we will receive it and that we've been compelled, Lord God, to let you have your way to be about your business, oh God. Yes, and it will require sacrifice. It'll require denouncement of our will and our way. But it will bring forth a fullness in our lives, Lord God, that when we clothe ourselves, we'll be warm. That when we drink, we will be filled. That when we eat, we will get enough. That when we earn wages, it won't be put into a bag of holes. But it'll be put in a bag that will bring forth supernatural increase. That someone else may be blessed, Lord God. That we can give it to someone that, as you lead and guide and bring forth the people that need help, Lord God. So we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. And as believers and as children of the Most High God, it don't matter what job we got, and it don't matter how much we get paid, but Lord, for every one of us, as your children, we ought to be a source of help to somebody else. And it's high time that we know that. Because God, you, it, it ain't, you don't prevail or work in us by numbers. You work your works in us by faithfulness. So it doesn't matter how much we make. If we are walking in, in surrender to you, Lord God, you make it more than enough that those that you bring in our lives that need provision, that you will have it in and with us ready and willing to provide. So we give you all the praise, honor, and glory. And I pray that your people have heard your voice and will take heed on this day. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen, amen, and amen. Glory be to God, yes. <clears throat>